If you haven't joined us for any other episode of Reproductive Rebel, this is an episode you won't want to miss. This week, I am joined by Kim Coffin, best-selling author and sexuality, tantric sex, and relationship coach. As we talk about using tools to unleash your sexual confidence and unlock profound new levels of self-love, pleasure, empowerment, and intimacy with yourself and in your relationships. Kim Coffin is a best-selling author and coach, and I am so fortunate that she joined us for this episode this week. Hi, I'm Adrian Irizarry. I'm an Eastern medicine practitioner who is passionate about women's health and helping women live their best lives. My goal is to put you in the driver's seat of your menstrual health, offering period solutions for a symptom-free life. Statements made in this program are for educational purposes only and not intended as a substitution for medical consultation or advice. We do not claim to diagnose, treat, or cure any diseases. This podcast is inclusive and welcomes all gender identities. The focus of the program is on biological function and we will use the term women throughout, but it is referencing physiological and social challenges for biology, not identity. Come as you are, I am happy you're here and welcome all performances of identity. I hope you find something helpful in this show. Welcome back to another episode of the Reproductive Rebel podcast. I am so excited about today's guest. I have Kim Coffin on the show today. Kim and I had an incredible conversation on her podcast, Get Your Sexy Back. And I was so jazzed about meeting someone doing such incredible work in the women's sexuality space. And after our conversation, I just knew I had to have her on my show. So welcome, Kim. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. So I know a bit about you, but if you could share with everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do. I'd love to. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm Kim Coffin. I am a trauma-informed, deeply somatic, which means body-based, right? We're working with emotions and body and all of that good stuff. Empowerment and sexuality coach, sex love relationship coach, female sexuality coach. What else? There's more. Tantric coach, relationship coach. So basically what that all means, I'm also like a graduate of Mama Gina School of Womenly Arts and Layla Martin's Institute for Tantric Sexuality. And of course, founder of Get Your Sexy Back, like you mentioned podcast and business is get your sexy back. But basically what that means is like, I love to specialize in empowerment and sexuality, tantra relationships, because it's all connected when you're working with your own body or whether you're working in relationships. It doesn't matter. It's all, again, the same. There's the relationship with ourself, the relationship with others. But I love to give my humans like permission and tools to unleash their unapologetic power, unleash their sexual confidence unlock profound new levels of self-love and pleasure, intimacy, empowerment, connection, but with themselves, like I was saying, but also in relationships. So that is what I do and who I am. I can give you more if you want more. <laughs> I was going to say, I always want more. Don't we always? Yeah. So when I met Kim, I just totally connected with her right from go. Both of us feel really strongly about, you know, knowledge about your body is so empowering for both how you move through the world, but also how you feel as a sexual being. And 
our sexuality, you know, even though we live in this Western culture that has a very conservative way of taboo, yeah, all those way of looking at sexuality, particularly women's sexuality. I love the fact that Kim is offering this very fresh and beautiful perspective about the body, sexuality, how that is a fuel for what it Mm. is that you do and how you move through the world and your creativity and all of these kinds of things. I talk about these things in my practice, so I was just like, Kim has to join me. So let's talk a little bit about how you got into this space. Absolutely. And just as you're talking there about like your fuel, yes, I just got to speak to that for a second because what I've discovered in my whole journey, and you're going to hear that I was not always empowered in my body and in my sexuality, but as we come in to our body and our power of our pelvic bowl for women, for female identifying humans, there is such power in there that we are basically turning off at the moment because of taboo, because of socialization, because of conditioning messages that are toxic and telling us that our pleasure is not ours and our sexuality is not ours and all of that. So I was not always like this. It has been an entire journey. Little trigger warning for those who are listening who maybe don't feel regulated to, to hear this right now, just because it is really a hard journey that I've come from. At 14, I woke up in the middle of the night being sexually assaulted by my stepfather. And it was a horrific night, absolutely horrific. I was confused. It was my first kind of sexual experience. And if you call that a sexual experience, but you know what I mean? I was very like, what is going on? I was very naive. So I didn't know kind of what was going on. It was kind of the things that you saw on TV. And I was like, embarrassed to even see it on TV. So I was super embarrassed that it was happening to me. I went through every single trauma response through the night. I can see that now looking back, right? All the different trauma responses that I had. And then around four or five in the morning, I realized I know what to do. I'm going to tell my mother that's what we're supposed to do. My little thinking brain came back online and I made a decision to tell her. So I told her after he left for work that day and she believed me initially. And then within hours, she did not. So what this did to me is it really left me really confused, a big betrayal from my mother, a big sexual assault that had happened that was not able to process properly through my body. I did not receive any support from that at that time. My friends knew, some other people knew as we kind of moved through life. And my best, closest friends knew, my husband knew as we got married and had babies kind of thing. But this left me Basically, like fast forward into my 20s and 30s, very disconnected, very burnt out, not trusting myself, doubting myself, wondering what's wrong with me. I see it now, but I didn't see it then. I was in complex PTSD from that and some other childhood traumas as well. So I was just kind of going through the motions and yet turning up and showing up with a great smile on my face, like everything's perfect. Yeah, great. Thank you right? Always going and going and going. So it left me really burnt out, not speaking my truth, a lot of people pleasing, a lot of good girling. I had to be the good one, like the good mom, the good woman, the good daughter, all of these things. And moving into more 30s, it left me super exhausted, frustrated, adrenal fatigue, thyroid dysfunction, I also can look at my births. I've been charting my cycles. This is why we've connected like so well. I've been charting since 
getting pregnant with my first with my cycles. Like I got pregnant on day 32 of ovulation and I wouldn't have known that if I wasn't charting way back when. So I saw different problems in my births and different, like looking back, of course, different ways my body was holding the trauma that I wasn't able to process, that I was told to sit down, shut up and be a good girl. And it left me and my body totally numb, totally shut off. Yeah. Ask any questions you want in there. Welcome to share it all. I just want to start by saying I'm so sorry that that happened to you. It's a very common narrative, unfortunately, for a lot of us. And I just want to kind of hold space and acknowledge that it's a really big thing. And you have transformed that journey into a gift for other people, which is really remarkable and beautiful and meaningful on so many levels for so many people. So thank you. That's why I do what I do. I have my full body chills going right now. It hasn't been easy, but it's also been the most powerful thing I've ever done in my life by reclaiming my body, right? All of that. Well, and isn't that where our best work comes from? Like my Mm -hmm. whole practice was built from traumatic experience as well. And yet what we're able to do with that experience that shaped us, that forged us into who we've stepped into and how we're able to move through the world and help people now it's so powerful. I really don't even have words yeah. for it. It's rewarding on a multitude of levels. And <clears throat> at the same time, all comes from a lot of times some of our darkest moments because <laughs> these are the human spaces that we live in. Yeah. And, you know, there's so unfortunately, much- very unfortunately, that we're trying to, that's what we're trying to change. Absolutely. Right. Through sexual empowerment. And sex positivity versus sex negativity, and this goes right into your body, your cycles, you name it. If we can heal that among the masses, we heal so much of the other shadows that people are doing from trauma, repeating trauma over and over and over and over. Absolutely. And by empowering, we're also able to overcome things like the objectification of our bodies and things mm-hmm. like that because we have this really fucked up dichotomy in our culture that you have to be the good girl, right? Yeah. That you were talking about. You have to be the good girl. You have to be demure. You have to be all of this lady in the streets, but a freak in the bed. But those two things come from very different energetic spaces. And leaves women very messed up. Absolutely. Very confused. Is it their pleasure or should they be doing what the guy wants if they're in that type of relationship, right? Like, where is my pleasure? What is my pleasure? When I work with many women that come to me in the beginning, when I say, what do you like? What like turns you on and lights you up? Not even sexually, but in life. And because they don't know what their sexual pleasures are, and that their turn on is theirs and that their pleasure is theirs. They don't even know what everyday pleasure they even want yeah. because they get stuck in these cycles of being the good mom, the good wife, the all the things like making sure you're keeping up with the Joneses and you've got the good appearance going. And so it's so hard to see that. But once you see the skies open up and you're like, oh, OK, of course, this was all, always my power. This was always mine. I just didn't know it. Well, and our bodies are built for it. Yes. Let's talk about the anatomy of our bodies, shall we? Like, sure. We 
we pull apart this good girl and female sexuality, which disempowers us. And then we have a body that has so many nerve endings and anatomically is built for pleasure. And yep. yet so many women can't have an orgasm. Yep. There's 10,000 nerve endings in a clitoris. They used to say eight, and mm -hmm. it wasn't until 2022 that they now say 10. Because the, before up to 2022, they were studying a pig. <laughs> I don't pardon. even know what to say. Like, pardon? I thought 8,000 was cool for six years when I knew that. And then <laughs> last year when I found out the 8,000 came from a pig, I was like, you hadn't studied a woman's clitoris yet? What the fuck? Well, and yeah. when you said that on the last show that we did together, which is episode 175 on the Get Your Sexy Back podcast, by the way. So go yeah. check it out. It was an awesome conversation. But when you said that on the last one, I was like, oh, everything that I've seen said eight. Oh, wow. OK, uh. so now we have even more nerve endings to our We do an extra 2000. Yet <laughs> we struggle. Yeah. With being yeah. able to perform sexually. And when I say that, I'm not talking about performing in the lens of what men think we are supposed to do or our partners think that we're supposed to do in this sexual experience. I'm talking about our bodies showing up for us and being able to actually achieve climax. Mm -hmm. It's heartbreaking. I have women that come into my practice that are like, is there something wrong with me? No, I'm there's like, something wrong with the toxic sex negativity happening in the world and the porn industry and all of this other stuff that show and movies that shows us that sex should be this way when it is inaccurate. So it leaves the rest of us disempowered, thinking yeah. there's something wrong with us. And because it's so taboo, they barely speak up about it. The fact that they're speaking up to you and asking you is a huge yay. I want to celebrate those humans because it's it's caught us in this like disempowered cycle where we're confused about our body and we think something's wrong with us when mm -hmm. the opposite is true. It is your power by reclaiming your body, your sexuality, reconnecting to your sexuality. I kind of have like my signature sexy back approach, which is reclaim, reconnect and remember. So when you reclaim the places that you've been disempowered, your boundaries, your truth, your body, your turn on, your pleasure, all of these places that we need to reclaim to re be more empowered. And then when we reconnect to our body and reconnect to our sexuality and to our pleasure, what happens is this deep inner remembrance, which brings us back to the core of who we are, where we're feeling safe in our body, where we can listen to our body, where we can trust our body and step into this power that is this remembrance of, oh, yeah, this was always here. And we knew that at two and three and four or five years of age, round five it starts to kind of leave, right? That little toddler's running around, dancing naked in the yards, twirling, dancing, singing. They don't give a damn. <laughs> they, they're not. I say this all the time. They're not eating those peas. And they're not going to bed. Like yeah. there's just no ifs, ands, or buts. And then hormones, which we can get into this conversation, starts to play in here. When we start to get these nurturing, mothering hormones that start to come in in our teen years. And, you know, good thing they do because I don't know that we'd keep our children if they didn't. 
right? They make us love them. <laughs> they make us take care of them so that we don't eat our young, like some other species out there. And and they're there for a reason. And I know we want to talk about perimenopause, but then we roll into to perimenopause into the you know late 30s and upwards, and they start to wane out again and they start to dwindle. So we're actually kind of going back to that prepubescent self mm-hmm. slowly, very slowly. I've been like <laughs> 10 years already, right? <laughs> and all of a sudden, the shit that we've been like, okay, no problem. I'm good here. I got this. We're not happy anymore. And we're like, whoa, this isn't okay. And this isn't okay. And this isn't okay. And we could have really, really hard menopausal or perimenopausal times in that time if we haven't dealt with our, I'm going to use the word shit before that, if we haven't dealt with the traumas, if we haven't dealt with the boundaries, if we actually aren't in our power, mm-hmm. it can be a really rocky time. Absolutely. Well, that and because we're also going through these hormone changes at the same time, it amplifies those things. So I did a podcast recently where I was talking about that perimenopausal and that menopausal transition and that part of the energy of that time frame is you go from being and this is from a Chinese medicine standpoint you go from being home and hearth and you mm-hmm. start turning outward and you want to reclaim mm-hmm. you want to reclaim the you know job trajectory that you were on that maybe you got pregnant when you were in college and you were able to finish your degree or maybe you want to change your career entirely or you want to go on more girls trips and you want to travel and you just you turn from inward and home and hearth focused and you start blossoming outward like Chinese medicine has this gorgeous phrase for the perimenopausal and menopausal transition and it's coming into second spring mm-hmm. where things yes, blossom yes, yes. and they birth you know you you yeah. burst forth with energy that's being directed in places that light you up you want yes yes and i've been taught that through tantra as well right so we're going to have a lot of overlapping in that because it does come from from different places in china and like I'm also have Taoist training as well in China and then all these places, right? All these places. So there's so much in there. And yes, to the second spring. That's what reminded me because I've been taught that as well. And there is this, like you use the word reclaim. Yes, you're reclaiming. That's why I love the reclaim, reconnect, remember, because that's when you're like locking into the truth of who you are. You are showing up in your turn on in and some women are like oh no like this is an age thing too that's really shared out and about that one you know once you turn a certain age you're not really worth as much ever anymore right like there's all of this aging is bad young is good there's mm-hmm. so much toxicity in there as well and no like as you move in to your perimenopause and menopausal years in your 40s and your 50s they're powerful mm-hmm. they are a t- and i know women who have who say and tell me I've never had so many orgasms like I do now in my life <laughs> at 59 and I've never been this wet because yeah. they're literally turned on for their purpose for their life in their body and in their sexuality versus before they were numb they were disconnected they were going through the motions right yeah and that fear of unplanned pregnancy isn't mm-hmm. there anymore and so mm-hmm. You're experiencing your sexual experience 
in a completely unbridled kind of way. Because like for some people that that little latent fear in the back of their mind, like also adds to that muting effect of of embracing sexuality. And then once you're through that transition, it's like, oh, I don't have to worry about this anymore. Okay, I can just take this on and I can really enjoy this embodied experience, which Mm -hmm. is so cool. Not to mention, you've also gotten to the phase of your life where you give a lot less of a shit what anyone else says or, you know, how people feel. You're like, nope, I've got my tribe. I'm good. Like, no, take me as I am because this is who I am. (laughs) They can be the best years. And you said something there, but now I'm having perimenopausal brain blank. It, it was on. Oh, well, it'll come back to me. That's okay. We're, uh, <laughs> we were talking about sexual expression and yeah. not feeling that oh, I know what it was. around getting pregnant. And what I think that's what it was, because I wanted to say that so many of us hold trauma in our sexuality, mm-hmm. even if we were not sexually assaulted or ever had any abuse that way. Okay because of the conditioning that we live in, because of the society. So when women start to kind of start to reclaim a little bit of that pleasure, they can start shaming themselves. They can start going, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Like there can be a lot that comes up there. And it's not just easy to jump into a sex sexually fulfilling experience all of a sudden if we aren't empowered in our sexuality. That's why I teach, what are they called? They're the adult sex ed masterclasses. They're totally free but it's the sex ed you should have got. And it's for for adults. Most people in there in their 30s, 40s, and 50s that want to learn, like we're talking about our pleasure and we're talking about what's ours and we're talking about all the things that we weren't taught. Most of us were taught, don't have sex, you're going to get AIDS and die or another STD or you're going to get pregnant and you're going to wish you were dead. Like that's what we're taught in high school. And then we move into relationships and we're like hey i'm allowed to have sex now but i don't feel safe like i don't know how i don't know what so it can be really really uncomfortable and then there's post babies i was gonna say and and that we could get pregnant all month long yeah there's so much confusion in there and Mm -hmm. and we we're not empowered if we if we don't know about our own bodies which we're talking like navel down here right we got our whole pelvic bowl our pelvic floor our ovaries our womb i'm going to use the word pussy but also vulva vagina all of it right the all the different pieces if we're not empowered in almost half our torso what else are we empowered in like we can't be a proper living breathing human the way we're supposed to be if we don't connect to every single part of ourselves Well, and so much of the feminine energy is receiving, Mm -hmm. is intuition. Mm -hmm. Like our intuition comes from this space. So, you know, if that is a foreign concept for anyone who's listening, this is that little voice that goes, I think this is a bad idea. And your brain goes, well, hold on a second. I can justify all the reasons why this is not a bad idea, but your gut calls, eh, I don't know yes. about this. 
And, and we get caught in these doubting and shaming and nope, not doing it, right? A hundred percent. And the gut is the one entity that is never going to lie to you. Never. So I changed that a little bit since what I've learned. <laughs> I'll share with you, of course. So technically, we use the word pussy and that she will never lie to us because you can actually, when you reconnect and when you heal and release what you need to release, the shame and the conditioning, you can actually tune in, which is your womb space and, and pussy would be the entire area. But you can actually use your turn on and, and you can put your hand like right over your pussy and just ask like, do I want to do this or do I want to do this? And you can either, you might hear a whisper you might hear a thought, you might just have a knowing, but you can also hear or feel, not hear, you can feel like a turn on, like a zing, like a yes. And it's the same turn on that you maybe have experienced in sexual pleasure or any other type of libido like turn on. And you can actually use that because your body will never lie to you of what it wants. And it's okay to trust your body. It'll actually lead you in the most perfect direction that is meant for you. Mm -hmm. And usually that direction is far more ideal than we could yeah. ever cerebrally come up with. Because And I take out the usually. Yeah. I take out the usually. It yeah. is. <laughs> yes. It if is. I think about all the times that I didn't listen to that sensation, I would have made a lot of different decisions in my life. That's for sure. Yeah. So it's really, but really cool. I mean, we're socially conditioned to unplug from it. I will never forget. And it had a profound experience, change in my life. I worked at a bank really, really early on in my life. And I had a female AVP ask me to revise something I had written. And I was a copywriter and very proud of my writing. So, of course, my artistic sensitive side got a little bent about that idea. And I'm like reading this thing and I'm like, it's radically correct. It's impactful that there's a call to action way a hundred years ago because I'm old. They didn't call it call to action back then, but there was one in there. And I'm like, hmm, what is it that she's talking about? And she had said to me when she put the paper with nothing written on it, just a copy of what I had given her back on my desk. She had said, if you're going to survive in this industry or in any industry as a woman, you think, you believe, you know, you never feel. And she disappeared. And oh, I'm like, right? And so I, and I'm very impressionable, early 20, I was like 19, 20, 21, somewhere in there, right? And I reread I re this thing over and over and I'm like, I don't understand what's wrong with it. And then all of a sudden the word stuck out to me. I had written the word feel in this piece. Oh. And then I, I know, right? Horrors. I had written the word feel. I went back through the piece. I edited everything that said feel, which only appeared mm. two or three times, but to think, believe, no, whatever fit and was appropriate for that particular piece. And they printed it. No questions asked. And that stuck with me. Mm. And I spent my 20s really taking what she said to heart, I think in a way that was probably more impactful than she realized mm. uh, because I started eliminating feel out of mm. my vocabulary. Mm. And I thought, I believe, I knew. And it literally changed the way that I moved through the world 
because I eliminated and disconnected myself from that idea of I'm a feeling emotive being. And it came crashing back to me when I got pregnant with my daughter that I no longer could survive in that disconnect. And and that's all I was doing was surviving. I was not mm-hmm. thriving. I'm mm-hmm. not going to fool you. Like I wasn't thriving at all. That's what I used to say too, right up until reclamation time. Yeah. Just surviving, drowning actually. Little, yes. little gap of air here and there. <clears throat> and that was my experience as well, where, you know, I had a couple of shining moments but for the most part that period of my life was just really gosh darn awful on a lot of levels health wise my health was the worst it's ever been in my entire life my emotional state was not a really great one I made some bad relationship decisions I made poor decisions yeah when we're disconnected we're gonna make bad decisions that's just a yes yeah absolutely And, you know, when I decided to eliminate that out of my vocabulary, and I can't remember who had introduced me to the idea of of literally reworking the way that I was wording things, but it made such a huge difference and such a profound impact. And like, I would experiment, like I'd be at work and I would say something to, because I worked in an industry that there were a lot of males. So I would use like, think, believe, no. Right. And then I would get feedback like I was a bitch. And if I used the word feel, it would feel good if you would help me with this. All of a sudden they'd straighten up their like their whole physical posture would straighten up and they'd be like, man, how can I help you? And like this was so revolutionary for me that me stepping into that feminine role and being a feeling intuitive embodied being literally changed the way others responded to me around me mm-hmm. so this turn on this connection with our body is so incredibly powerful in terms of harmonizing everything else that goes on in our lives yeah it, it's the same if you know a single woman is out dating and she can't attract a partner that she wants It's not about finding the partner. If she actually slows down and learns how to reconnect to her entire body and live for herself, that partner, she's going to have a hundred lined up. Like that is what happens, right? The same way you attracted these men going, I've got you. Let me do this for you. Like it it actually starts with coming in Mm -hmm. and healing yourself. It's nothing to do with outwards. Yeah, I met the love of my life when I took that time to heal myself inside. And we're it, it's very fitting. We're celebrating eight years married this year and 10 years together. And, you know, like I wouldn't trade him for anything, but he literally just appeared in my life once I got mm. to a healthy place with yeah. who I was, my sexuality, the way that I moved through the world. Like it, it was incredible how that all yeah. changed. And I know that you see that in your clients as well. All over the place. It's just, it, it, so many people I see are so afraid to take that step to say yes to taking care of themselves because of, again, the ways we've been conditioned. But be, as soon as they do, as soon as they do, it is the best ride of their life. Like the best. That's where they start thriving. That's where they start doing what they've been yearning to do all of their lives, right? Clearing out the, the shoulds 
the mm-hmm. shoulds, right? There's so many shoulds and so many women are living their lives on shoulds. I oh should be doing this. I should be doing that. I normally say like, stop shitting yourself. And it sounds like shitting yourself because it really kind of <laughs> is. It, it really comes out that way. I'm saying shitting, but it sounds like shitting. <laughs> it is. You're true. literally shitting on yourself. And it, you don't have to wait till later in life to, to be empowered. You're actually teaching your children, the younger you decide to do this, if you have children, you're teaching your children how to also be empowered, how to also, you know, see what women should look like if you're raising boys or see what she should be like if you're raising girls or whatever gender you're raising, right? Like there's so much power. But, you know, a lot of things with women, whether body, sexuality, truth, working, even like you're talking like, oh my gosh, yeah, all of these pieces have been dismissed and shamed and shut down for so many years that it's time for this age group, whoever's listening now, to reclaim it for the future generations, reclaim our power, go back into our power. And that doesn't mean we're, we're women against men. Like they've been disempowered by all of this too. They're just like, I don't know what to do. Like they're literally floundering right now mm-hmm. because of this sexuality and disempowerment thing in women. And they're like, you know, some try and show up super, super strong and some just like, I don't know what to do. But there has to be healing. And we can't have that if we don't heal our entire body, especially where we come from, which would be sexuality. Absolutely. So at, in your perimenopausal and menopausal clients, are you finding that that is an age group that tends to step more fully into, yes, I'm ready for a change because of where they are in their transition process in their life? Or do you I see have quite a mix. I have quite a mix. Some are already awake and they're like, oh, no, I already know we need to do this now. Right. So I have people, you know, 28, 29 working with me up to 60. It really is quite a big window. And what they're working on might be a little different, depends on what they're bringing in, what they're holding personally, what they're conditioning, what the messaging, whether they're holding shame around their body, not even sexuality, but body, whether they can trust themselves. There's so much in there that we can play with. That's really cool. I, I see a lot of the, the questions that I'm asked coming out of that age group. That's why I asked specific mm-hmm. about that. I feel like there's a little bit more of that hush-hushed, I don't know if I should talk about this, in younger ages. And I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, right around the time women hit 40, they start stepping a little more strongly into this is what I need. This is what I want. This is not what I want. (laughs) I want to feel more alive, either because they've really put such a priority on motherhood that they've lost a sense of themselves. Absolutely. And they want to reclaim that. And as part of that process, they see their sexuality as part of reclaiming themselves. So that's why I had kind of asked it that way, because I find that I get asked more from that age group about the sexual empowerment side of our. It's not even just sexual empowerment. It's like full life, every single part of you, every faucet empowerment, right? Like, yeah, I agree. And I find a lot of people, especially more pushing like 35 and up, They also feel guilty that they need to use their voice. They feel guilty that they have to set boundaries. They feel guilty that they're not happy and they need more pleasure in their life. 
They feel guilty asking for what they need. So it can be a lot of that to unpack and to, you know, slowly, according to their nervous system, depends where their nervous system is at, of how much we can hold. And, and, and we're always going to go towards that main goal of their desires of feeling more empowered and reclaiming the places they've been disempowered. But, you know, you got to go at a rate that really is safe for your nervous system so that we're not re-traumatizing depending on what trauma somebody comes in with because we all have it in various ways. Yeah, absolutely. I want to speak to this too. This one's coming up right now. A lot of people hear the word trauma and they're like, oh yeah, but I wasn't assaulted or I wasn't, you know, in a bad relationship or whatever. But I want to speak to the little traumas. Like we can be traumatized giving birth with the door wide open while they do an exam. We can be traumatized having a pap smear. We can be traumatized when there's a hair in the way and we're having sex and it hurts, but we don't want to interrupt him because he seems to be having a good time. These are all more the little T traumas. And I don't want to say which is little T and what's big T, but to everybody's different, right? But over time, these add up and it's kind of like a paper cut. Uh, Paper cuts, no biggie, we're fine. But if you worked in a paper factory and you kept getting paper cuts on the same finger, It's going to fester and fester and grow and grow and grow. And this is where this trauma in sexuality and shame and conditioning is building over time for so many of us. And there's so many reasons that this builds. And I think that's a great point, actually. It kind of goes back to my question about the age group that you are working with, because from a Chinese medicine perspective, your chi changes at 35 as you begin that journey towards the transition. But to your point, you've had more years of these little paper cuts that have Mm -hmm. added up to this is how it is culminating in my life right now and something has to change. Yeah. So if you had to impart one thing that you would like our listeners to know, what would that be? Mm. Two things. <laughs> Those 10,000 nerve endings are all yours, and they're yours for your pleasure. And if you're listening, and or if you've been having whispers, if you've been having calls for more, there has to be more, I'm not happy, what's wrong with me, to trust your body. There's nothing wrong. Nothing. You simply just need to step into reclaiming your power. And it starts with your body. That's why I choose sexuality. It's the biggest place that we have been disempowered as women over thousands of years. And it's also the fastest place. If we reclaim that, we can reclaim everything else. Oh, I love that. That is like the best kernel to end this episode on. And I'm totally going to have to have more conversations with Kim because I love this topic. And, you know, the pelvic steaming work that I do with people, I see how it unlocks their sexuality, their embodied experience, their power. And so I just love Kim's work. And she has a book coming out soon. So definitely follow her for when that comes out, which is super exciting. But where can people find you to interact with you, Kim? Yeah, for sure. So I'm pretty consistent. It'll make it easy. My business is Get Your Sexy Back. Website is getyoursexyback.ca because I am in Canada podcast is get your sexy back you may need to put with kim coffin coffin's like the casket it's that that easy to spell on instagram it's get your sexy back coach with underscores in between and on facebook you can friend me personally kim coffin and yeah i'd love to connect with you there's so many ways that we can 
start playing and working if you desire to go deeper and reclaim these places and reconnect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Kim. It has been a pleasure having you and we will absolutely have to do this again, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Reproductive Rebel. Reproductive Rebel is recorded by certified peristeam hydrotherapist, herbalist, sound healer, and Chinese nutritional therapist, Adrian Irizari of Moon Essence, LLC. If you are interested in setting up an appointment with Adrian for one-on-one support, ordering from our store, or checking out our course offerings, visit our website at moonessence.life. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to get insider information on upcoming events and offerings. Join the conversation. Like us and follow Moon Essence Me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Your voices make this program possible. Thank you all for your continued support.